Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. And welcome to another episode of Android Faithful, your weekly source for news, hardware, apps, and all the wonderful Android goodness here in 2024. I'm very excited. It is my first episode back in 2024. I am Ron Richards. Welcome, Ron Richards. I'm Jason Howell. Hey, Jason. <laughs> and we are very excited because the three of us are all together here for the show again, as I mentioned, my first show 2024. But uh, our good buddy Michelle is not here because he's in Vegas for CES. Poor guy. Um, which I'm just, <laughs> I'm just awaiting the phone call that he needs money. Um, because here's, the, here's something. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull, pull, pull the podcast curtain uh, away so people explain. When you're co-host of a podcast, you are bonded for life. So at any given point if one of your co-hosts call you and says i'm in vegas and i need five thousand dollars <laughs> you have to send it to them right now you have to help them that's why it's it is a it is I a family it is a brotherhood it is a sisterhood it is a everything hood uh we take care of one another so michelle if you're listening or watching i got your back brother if you spend a little too much or you go into the wrong establishment <laughs> <laughs> yeah be careful be careful i didn't know that that was the bond like if that's i had the, known that well, I'd, you I'd might get that phone call to vegas and you cashed in <laughs> i'm gonna go to vegas next I seriously that. yeah so super Super excited though. Um, it has definitely been a week um, uh, leading up to CES. I know we got a ton of stuff to talk about. Um, but first, really? before we get into it, I want to remind everybody go to patreon.com slash Android Faithful. You can support us there. Um, we thank everybody who supports us. Listen to later on the show. We're going to give a shout out to one of our supporting patron- patrons as we cover uh, the patron pick of their, uh, their news selection of a story for us to talk about this week. Um, but yeah, thank everybody who supports us there. So. Um, y'all are awesome yeah you help us you you allow us to do this exactly so thank you for which is important and um so this show is a little different because it is ces so um we actually have a ton of hardware to go through um but google made some announcements at ces and jason Wynn, you guys got the scoop on it right i mean you got you got you got a little inside track a little bit google the mothership uh Mm -hmm. you know 
flew their mothership over the top of both of our houses independently, even though we live in completely different parts of the United States of America, and pulled us into their ship and allowed us to speak with Sandeep Chivukula. I know I knew I was going to... Chivukula. Sorry. Chivukula. There we go. Thank you. There we go, Sandeep. Super sorry about that. At least I get it right in the actual interview, which is what we're going to play next. I'm going to stop talking now. Well, yeah. Because- well, so we, we were super excited because Google, knowing that Google announced some stuff, they came to us and they said, hey, Android Faithful, we're super excited you guys are around. Do you want to talk to Sandeep from uh, from our team uh, to hear about the great stuff that, we, that we're that we announcing at CES? And of course we said yes. Yeah, um, of course. So, which I'd like to, you know, thank Google and everybody that helped make this happen because... Uh, you know, this show being less than a year old, kind of flattered, you know, like it's kind of nice to see that they, that they are watching, listening and know that all of you are watching and listening and we're all working together to spread the word. So that's pretty cool. So yeah, pretty awesome stuff. Should we jump into it? <laughs> yeah, let's roll we, the interview. Why don't we? We got, we got some stuff to talk about here coming up here. Uh, so sit back, relax and enjoy this interview with Sandy. A consumer electronics show, ah, year after year. We're looking forward to it in the month of January. It's underway in Las Vegas. Google unveiled a solid list of announcements at the show. Uh, really exciting stuff. So we have Sandeep Chavukula, Director of Product Management for Multi-Device Experiences, joining us here today with, with Google, of course. We've got the mothership <laughs> joining the show today. Welcome to the show, Sandeep. It's great to meet you and great to have you on Android Faithful. Thank you so much for having me. Nice to meet you both. Yeah, very nice yeah, to meet you to too. You. I mean, it's it's CES, so I know that you are <laughs> in the weeds, as they say. It's been a long time since I've been to CES. I'm, I'm sure you have experience at CES. How is it going so far with, with the excitement around the announcements that you guys are making and just the general vibe of, of the conference uh, while you're there? Well, you know, it's, it's CES. It always starts off the year with a big bang. There's a lot of excitement about uh, the investments that Android is making around uh, continuing to show how we're giving users different choice. So we're, we're really excited about uh, being here this year and uh, really excited about uh, uh, the announcements that we're making. Yes, indeed. Well, you've got a lot to be excited about. And, you know, I mentioned in your, your title, multi-device experiences, which really, as far as these announcements are concerned, is at the heart of what we're talking about, which is exactly why we have you on here. How, what, what is the importance of, of being able to scale and distribute the uh, you know the things that are happening in the world of Android and and you know all the different the, the multifaceted like ways that we can use Android from big screens to small when we're talking about all these different experiences how like how important has that become in being able to take these uh, these these things that Android does and spread it across into all these different directions and do it seamlessly that I think is the really important part. You nailed it. You nailed it. I, I think there's a few different bits there like we could unpack. So first is this idea that, you know, we live in a world where an average person has dozens of devices that they expect their phone to interact with. So for me, for example, when I get up in the morning, by the time I'm brushing my teeth, I want to listen to some music uh, that's playing in my bathroom speaker. And I want to be able to move that over into uh, my kitchen as I'm making breakfast. And if I get a call in the meanwhile, Maybe I just want to pop in some earbuds and just take that as I'm walking out the door. And that's actually a pretty typical day in the life of, you know, really millions of users. And Android with 3 billion devices out there, you know, we, we are really in a great place to help uh, people have those experiences regardless of what devices they use 
um, underneath, right? So the idea of Android is around choice. And we think about these seamless multi-device journeys, we, we in Android want to create those in a way that brings in our industry partners so that you could do that in a, in a, in a way that's uh, intuitive, it's delightful, and to use your word, seamless, but also while maintaining this notion, this, this ethos we really have around giving people choice to pick the best devices for the job that they have at hand. That's a really great point, uh, Sandeep. And I think, especially as an Android developer, it's something that I love about the platform, being able to give people choice and being able to let people kind of pick from a wide swath, a wide ecosystem of devices. And that's a really good, great segue because I think one of the most intriguing announcements from you all at CES this year is QuickShare. And I guess for our viewers who are not, uh, or who might be a little bit confused about what we mean by that, that, you know, Google has nearby share. And as you said, you, you know, part of the wonder of the Android ecosystem is the many OEMs and partners that you have. And one of the biggest ones is Samsung and Samsung has their own version or flavor of sharing and that's quick share. And what's super interesting is that is the announcement that, you know, Google and Samsung will be collaborating, combining, uh, you know, coordinating uh, nearby share and quick share into one project. Oh, uh, what <laughs> I mean, um, and as you said, choice is a choice is like a, a really valuable you know asset for users. But sometimes you know having multiple multiple choices can be a little bit difficult. Can you talk about the impetus of of you know this combining of quick share and nearby share? Yeah, so that's a, that's a that's a great question, right? So I think that I think you know sometimes things are framed as uh, choice versus convenience, right? Mm. And it shouldn't be that way. Right. You should be able to pick the best tool that you want for your job and still get the things that you want to done as a person in a seamless and delightful way. And so that's kind of what we're going for. And frankly, you know, it's not really easy to take a set of devices that have different hardware that are coming from different brands that, you know, we'll talk about some of the other announcements where you may even have a different operating system, but getting them to 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 make, work together in a seamless way is actually a difficult challenge. And one of the things that we've invested in in Android is to create a flexible technical platform that's both, uh, you know, while being flexible, it's also robust and delivers a high quality seamless experience. So, and, and when we think about that, we always think about how do we deliver what users need the most? Right. And so that's that's kind of the genesis of uh, the announcement that you're talking about with respect to uh, quick share and nearby share. So both us and our great partner, Samsung, we looked at this and said, hey, you know what? People need to be able to share files, photos and text in a seamless manner across all of the Android ecosystem. We've got two great solutions. How do we take the best of both of these, put these things together and create one unified experience so that, people, you know, when when as a person who is using Android, you want to share, you just do it in one simple, quick, intuitive, and um, fast way. And so um, now we've, you've always been, as an Android user, been able to share to other Android devices, mm -hmm. um, and you've all been able to share to Chrome OS. But we've taken the same work, and we've also expanded that to Windows. So last year, we launched uh, Nearby Share Now to be Quick Share on Windows, and we're taking the same effort that we're, we're doing with, with um, the convergence here and expanding it to Windows as well. And we're partnering with OEMs like LG to make sure that uh, we preload this nearby share Windows uh, binary so that, you know, right out of the box, without having to do any setup, you get to choose the best set of PC devices that you want, and it just works seamlessly as well. 
and when it's done with the PC, it, it it's going to be called quick share there as well, right? That's right. Like it's, That's it's, right. it's all quick. Basically, the nearby share terminology out the window. Now it's quick share, regardless of the fact that like quick share was a Samsung technology prior. Uh, so, you know, that would allude to kind of Samsung's devices, Samsung's phones, that sort of stuff. When we're talking about Windows PCs in general, it's all just going to be quick share. Are, when we're talking about Samsung, because I think this is probably going to be a little bit of a confusing sticking point for people is, okay, these were two separate things. Now mm -hmm. they're kind of coming together. But does Samsung still have some of the secret sauce that they had that was driving their version of quick share prior to this kind of combo effort or, or, or are they kind of essentially entirely the same now going forward? Yeah, that's a really good question. So I think, you know, in this transition period, you know, there will be, uh, you know, some, Hey, like, does this work? Does that not work? Kind of questions. So I think here's the way I think about it. Right. So one, Android's all about choice, including for users, but also for giving our OEM partners the ability to differentiate and create new things based on the hardware investments that they're making, right? So, um, but the foundation layer before we get to all of that is really the interoperability layer. And so with renaming um, these two solutions as QuickShare, we're focusing on what is the value that we're adding to the users, being able to share quickly. And so that's, if we start there in a peer-to-peer -peer way, that's what this accomplishes. And so that remains uh, a core interop principle that we work on. Now, on top of that, there are some additional features that QuickShare has had around, for example, um, uploading temporarily to a cloud and sending a link over. Uh, or there is another uh, feature of being able to simultaneously send to uh, multiple users. Some of these have hardware dependencies. Some of these are differentiating features. And so we're looking at these holistically to figure out which ones make sense to, uh, to, to move across the ecosystem and which ones are ones that, you know, we want to give, uh, the, again, coming back to this idea of choice, give users the opportunity to pick things that work for them. Got it. Okay. All right. Well, then that uh, I'm, I'm super curious to see how this plays out. When I think of, when I think of the terminology, like near, nearby share is kind of the thing I'm comfortable with. Quick share seems to be a little bit more. Well, yeah, they're, they're very descriptive. They're both very descriptive in different ways, but I, I actually like quick share a little bit more. I think, I think it gets to the point a little bit. Well, it's the somebody looks at that. I, I think they're going to know immediately more. Like I want, I want to share this with someone nearby share. There was still a little bit of like ambiguity there. Yeah, I think you know. I think it's a it's a it's a brand that fifty percent plus of Android users know, and we yeah. want to lean into it. And and look, it, it, people want to get things done quickly. Indeed, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Let's well, lean into the quick because yeah. that's going to make a lot of people happy. And speaking of that, <laughs> you know, well, from quick to fast, we can move on to fast pair. These things are, there's there's some there's some sort of like thing going on <laughs> you here. Know, good theme. They, they sound really good together. Fast pair. Um, I personally. I'm a huge fan of fast pair. Like 100%. one of the things on mobile that I just absolutely hate is like the slow drawn out <laughs> convoluted kind of Bluetooth pairing process. Um, and fast pair, you know, I, I think I was a little, uh, <laughs> a little skeptical if I'm honest, when it first was introduced, I was like, okay, yeah, 
it's got to prove to me that it actually works before I trust it. And now when I don't have a fast pair experience, like when I'm, you know, get a new phone and I use a pair of headphones and it does, and you know, it doesn't pop that up. I'm totally missing it because now I got to <laughs> jump into the settings, but it sounds like this, this functionality, I'm not alone. It's broadening out. Tell us a little bit about, um, how this is going to play out on the big screen. Cause that is one of the places that I use headphones. I like it late at night to use my headphones to watch on the screen. And sometimes pairing can be a pain in the butt. That, that's that's totally right. You know, FastPair is a technology that we started investing in. Uh, actually, you know, before I get into FastPair itself, like let's let's talk about our multi-device experience, right? Any multi-device experience starts with unboxing, unwrapping that new set of earbuds or whatever you've got, the new peripheral that you want, and setting it up with your device. And that's yeah. really where FastPair really starts and shines. So we introduced this um, in I believe in 2017. And, you know, we've been seeing a lot of positive adoption from our users here just in the last year. And I have to remember to say last year because it's 2024 now. Mm -hmm. In 2023, uh, we've had 660 million pairings with FastPair. That's 2x what it was the year before. So, you know, this idea that when you build things that intelligently adapt to users and while giving them choice, right? So we work with uh, 400 plus different uh, kinds of uh, headphones today. Right, So people can choose between those different headphones and still connect them to any Android phone. When you do that, people you know, reciprocate that, that level of um, choice and caring for that user journey by using these kinds of features. And so we're very um, excited about the, um, the, the value that people are getting from FastBear, like yourself, right? So you get mm -hmm. to a point where you're like, you expect this, right? And that's how we... we we believe it should be. Now, um, FastPair, it works with both your Android phones and also your Chrome OS devices. Today, we announced that we're expanding it to Chromecast with Google TV. And the use case is exactly, as you said, you know, uh, you may you may be watching TV. Uh, I actually have a different use case where sometimes you may have uh, friends or partners who who fall asleep as soon as uh, you, put the, you put the movie on, right? And then... <laughs> You know, you want to be nice and you don't want to wake them up. And so you just want to pop those, those uh, you know, Pixel Buds or uh, Sony Link Buds that you have already paired with your Android phone. You put them in, you hit a notification, and then all of a sudden you're watching your uh, your TV with, with without any interruption while allowing your, your, your friend or partner to uh, get a nice sleep in. Mm-hmm. That's actually hilarious. Um, my husband and I often are on the couch, like later at night, he's watching on our Chromecast with Google TV and I'm watching something on my phone. So I think actually it will, I, I didn't realize this, but I think we really need that because it's kind of just, <laughs> we're, we're just overly uh, online kind of people. Um, but actually that, that, that brings up a question uh, for you, Sandeep. So yeah, we have a Chromecast, uh, a, a Google TV Chromecast, a little bit older. Will, is, is this support going to be for current and uh, kind of, uh, incoming devices or is there going to be support for older devices uh, with uh, Chrome, uh, Chromecast for Google TV? Um, what's the backwards compatibility like? Yeah, so I, I think, I don't know exactly which version of, of Chromecast you've got and uh, what mm -hmm. uh, what the details. We, we're happy to follow up, uh, you know, going forward. But, you know, our goal is to make these things, again, you know, we're re really about expanding both uh, both the breadth, but also the depth of mm. uh, devices that we can support with Android, right? So uh, choice is something that's important, and we'll figure out the right ways to take this as far as we can. 
Indeed. All right. Well, cool. Well, I think it's a, a wonderful feature to to lean into because, like I said, once once you have it, it's really hard to go back <laughs> and go back to the manual process and everything like that. Um, now, we are talking a lot about kind of the multi-device experience and mm -hmm. something that I've been hearing a lot about, and I know I'm not alone on this, uh, in recent years is this idea of handing off from one device to another. And, you know, and again, I'm, I'm probably going to come out across as really skeptical, but um, just as a, in general, which I'm totally not, but I'm always like, okay, I love the concept. I love the idea of handoff between one device to another, but man, that's got to work. It, mm -hmm. you know, it's gotta be again, going back to an earlier word, a seamless experience. Um, yet I, you know, I have had experiences where it works and when it works like magic, it's like, okay, this, this is the future. This is the way things need to go. It needs to kind of, you know, be this process of anticipation of like, I do want to take whatever I'm listening to on my phone and put that up onto the screen and, uh, make that seamless, make that easy instead of me having to remember what protocol to use and all this kind of stuff. So you guys, uh, have, have had the announcement uh, at CES this year about a handoff process between the Pixel phone and the Pixel tablet um, for at least, I guess, to begin with Spotify and YouTube music. Talk a little bit about that, the, the customer experience. Like what, as I, as a customer, if I have these devices and I do this handoff, like what can I expect out of that experience? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. So I think this uh, this feature that we announced is a, really a showcase of something a little bit more fundamental, right? So what when we think about um, this idea of building these seamless experiences across uh, different hardware, different manufacturers, different operating systems, we really think about how do we use two major signals? How do we use proximity and context mm -hmm. in order to build something intelligent that adapts to to, to uh, the person's needs? And what you're seeing here is one instantiation of that. Um, we've also used similar kinds of technologies for a few other uh, aspects. For example, there's the audio switching that we launched last year, or even something as simple as copy and paste, right? Copy and paste, is, that's not really very, a complicated feature per se, but knowing the context that you're using, you're copying and pasting to yourself versus to somebody else's device helps us adapt what that experience looks like. When I'm copying and pasting it to my own devices, for example, I'm, I'm taking uh, something from my phone and I want to send it, send it over to my Windows PC, for example, I expect that to work without me having to confirm anything because it's my own devices. But if I'm taking something and you know uh, pasting it over to somebody else's, I probably want their permission before I do that. And so we use these, these two signals of proximity, what, what's near you, what's around you, what devices are around you, and context, which is what is the person trying to do to figure out how we can enable these uh, experiences. With the particular feature you talked about, we work every, everywhere from the hardware level through the OS all the way to our op app partners to ultimately give a, a very intuitive and seamless and delightful experience for the user. Yeah, and I absolutely love that. Now, how is this proximity being determined? Because I know this... Um, this announcement, is it specific to the Pixel 8 Pro? Is that right? And I know the Pixel 8 Pro has the UWB ultra wideband. Um, is that is that kind of the the critical component here or is it a mixture of technologies that's determining that, that kind of proximity, that important uh, key piece of information? 
Right. So there are there's a few different ways to kind of get at that proximity, right? So we we use a range of technologies to to pull that together to understand, you know, what it is. In this case, we are uh, using UWB as well, but we have a diff few different uh, signals that we can pull together to determine presence and proximity. Excellent. Awesome. Um, well, being, um, you know, someone who is concerned with multi-devices, it's been a very interesting history in the last several years where we've gone kind of from an internet of things to like smart home devices. And I know like this is not a new announcement, but kind of a new name, a new kind of product that we're hearing about is Matter. And I was wondering if you could at least maybe talk about not just what's going on with Matter at CES, but maybe just tell us generally, why does Matter matter. <laughs> I had to do it. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a, it's a good question. It's not an area that I cover uh, in depth and directly, but in, in general, the, uh, the notion that we should have some um, standardization around how different uh, devices connect is something that's important, right? So if you talk about choice, the way we can um, maximize the investment that we're making is to, is to get different, uh, well, let me kind of do it this way. I mentioned, you know, with QuickShare, how we brought two companies together and, hey, like we found the right set of ways to take the best of both worlds and bring that together. With Matter and other standards-based approaches, we're just taking that same uh, dynamic and expanding it more broadly, right? So we want to make sure that we can bring in uh, all of our industry partners together, agree on, on the, the right journeys that we want to enable for our users, and make sure that we deliver on those in a compelling and uh, cohesive way. Yeah. Okay. So now, um, when it comes to how this is, this is kind of implemented, I actually, when I read this news, I was like, this is a real like no brainer, um, piece of news. Like I like, it's one of those pieces of news that I'm like, I wish this had existed sooner because I feel <laughs> like we're at a point right now where these home assistants that we have, like I've got a Google home, and I hope I'm not saying something to fire it off. I've got one in every room. So, you know, I might be an outlier. You know, there are a lot of people that have these devices. They might not have them in every room. But having the TVs integrate some of mm -hmm. these experiences so that we don't have to rely on, if we don't want to, we know we're going to have a TV. We might not know that we're going to have a Nest Hub or something like that. Having this technology integrated into the things that we already have to control things that can be so incredibly complicated, like the smart home control reality can be very confusing and complicated. Um, can you give me a sense of, of what, um, and, and I imagine, I envision that this is going to actually make things a lot simpler. Can you give me a sense of, of what I could expect if, you know, if I happen to have a TV that is acting as a home hub where I don't necessarily need to have a Nest Hub, is it the same type of experience, just maybe lacking a touchscreen <laughs> in, the, in the process? Or what does that look like for a user? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So I think, you know, the, the, I, I don't, again, I, I'm not the, the expert on this particular bit, but the way the yeah, matter, the, the matter uh, hub works is that the idea is that you've got a device that's always available in order to uh, act as the central controller for all these uh, different uh, matter compatible devices that you have. Now, as you said, you know, you, you may or may not have uh, you know, speakers around your house. Uh, I do because it's something that's important to me. Uh, but, you know, most folks have a TV. Being able to build in some of these foundational technologies into something that's, uh, you know, always available in your home is what allows us to then kind of, you know, build off of that uh, and make sure that we are um, bringing in these experiences to a broad set of users. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think that's super important. And I'm really looking forward to that. It also, you know, along those lines, it means that I'd have to upgrade my TV and Hey, you know what? I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. You're there at CES. You're kind of, you know, obviously, um, you know, doing, making the rounds on, on communicating a lot of these features and, um, and kind of basing, you know, in, in a position to be exposed to the excitement that surrounds these features. What is the thing that you're most excited about? as far as where Google is at when it comes to this multi-device kind of interoperability space, which is, I imagine, close to your heart because it's what you do. Like, what are you excited for that we have to look forward to without naming any specifics? Because I know you can't talk about future projects, but where is this all headed, I guess is what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, yeah. So, it's a, it, you know, it's a great question. I actually will talk about something that we're, we're, talk, we're doing right now that's, I think, uh, a sign of what of things to come, right? So we talked mm. about making it fast and easy setup. And we've talked about a little bit of where that is. So we'll continue to invest that in that in 2024. Uh, getting things done across devices in a seamless way across more and more devices, whether that's you know a single entry point into uh, being able to share files and, and photos um, or being able to share with Windows. I think that's another big, uh, big uh, area that we're going to continue to invest in. Mm -hmm. The third bit, which is the bit that I'm actually most excited about, is really expanding what we're doing on Android to other ecosystems. So one of the things that we announced at CES is being uh, building in Chromecast into LG TVs. Mm -hmm. LG TVs don't run Android OS. They're on WebOS, right? But we are working with industry partners who share our common vision of creating these, these delightful journeys uh, to, to go beyond just Android. And so that's one thing I'm really excited about. And one of the, um, you know, I, I think a little bit interesting, uh, interesting bit is when we start looking in here, there's a lot of folks in the industry who believe in this idea that users should have choice, right? Um, we work with LG on integrating Cast into their uh, into their WebOS operating system on TVs, and that's going to be available uh, in in uh, hospitality pretty soon as well. Now, we also worked on the app layer with TikTok to be able to mm -hmm. cast short form videos onto any cast receiver. And so this is a this is a first, right? So many of us are used to this that. idea no. of like, hey, look at this cool TikTok video I show and, and what do you do now? You you take you take your phone or if you have a your phone, you can open it up and uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, been there, been there, done yeah, that. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And we pass that around. Um, yeah. So um but now instead, you could like cast this to the, the the big beautiful TV that you have that acts as your Matter Hub, uh, and, and be able to share that with with the, the the people in your life in a very seamless way. So I'm really excited about this idea that we're going beyond, uh, you know, uh, the to these other operating systems beyond uh, our own. Yeah, totally. I mean, and and what does that mean? That means that um, people don't necessarily have to go to a specific place for something. They might already have the thing that that comes to them, which I think is, you know, that's happening in, in what you're talking about. That's happening in the ways that artificial intelligence is kind of converging with, you know, across many platforms in different directions. It's it, in so many ways in technology right now. It's about these really great features coming to us instead of us having to remember to go to that place to use it. It's, it's like, it's all integrated seamlessly. And, uh, when it's done well, when it's, and when it's done well like that, it's just, it's a really wonderful experience. And, and that's, and that's exactly right. So like what the devices start working for the people rather than exactly. the people working for the devices. And, and this is comes back to our core tenets here, which is, 
you know, um, we want to give people choice. And at the same time, we want these seamless, high quality experiences across the board so that choice shouldn't come at the at the cost of delight in something that I strongly believe in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it's really cool how things have kind of become, I guess there, there's like a give and take where I feel like when mobile phones first came out, we were trying to cram like a lot of our lives into a phone, right? So the internet and eventually like TV and like movies. And now, as you mentioned, like with the TikTok integration, now you have something that is, you know, a very, you know, internet, online, and very mobile, mobile. cultural, you know, uh, construct. And now we're, you know, now you're kind of turning it back around where, whereas we were trying to get things from our TVs into our phones. Now we're like, hey, can we broaden the experience and take something that is, you know, in a sense, very inherently mobile and bring it out like back into the world. I, I really kind of like that the idea that it keeps kind of going around and around <laughs> and like the two sides kind of like start pinging ideas or like innovations off each other. Yeah. Enhancing each other. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, ultimately what you're talking about is putting people in the center of the experience, right? Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. so whether it's on the TV or, or the phone, we're, we're doing it in a way that ultimately we, we, I think human needs come come back to connection, right? Come, they come back to 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 connecting with each other. I think even before we started this show, we were just talking about different ways that we connect, right? And so I think it's very natural um, that, given the opportunity, people will want the devices to fit in the background. Of course, you want to pick the best device for the job. You want that choice. But once you've made that choice, you still want to get the job done, which may mean having people over and sharing something with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a cool place right now where we are with uh, technology and how all this stuff is uh, converging uh, with, you know, with, with all the other different types of devices out there. It's, it's actually, you know, having, having followed Android so closely for so long at this point, it's really neat to see how, how that playing field has broadened out, how, how the operating system and all the technologies underneath have gotten to a point of maturity where they can interoperate the way they do now, because 10 years ago, it would have been a really (laughs) complicated mess. You you know, we might've promised it, or we might've heard a promise of it, but run into roadblocks along the way. And it feels like right now, like a lot of those roadblocks are are lifted and uh, the stuff's working in the way that we hoped it would 10 years ago and uh, doing new things that we haven't thought about. So, Sandy, really appreciate you taking time uh, out of your busy CES schedule to talk with us uh, this afternoon. And uh, I know you're probably there for the long haul in Las Vegas, so I hope you have a wonderful conference and that Google gets a lot of um, really enthusiastic people stopping by to uh, see some of the developments that you have going on right now. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for having me, and thank you for your time. Absolutely. We hope to have you back real soon. Okay. What a great interview. You guys did awesome. I'm so bummed I missed it. Sandeep seems like a really cool dude. Yeah, he was awesome. It was yeah. fun hanging out with him and uh, <laughs> getting getting uh, getting the CES experience uh, from a distance. <laughs> I got to say, they put him up in a that, we can. That swanky CES uh, Vegas hotel. <laughs> it was a good a good location of podcast as, as ever. But, um, yeah. but yeah, but seriously, huge thanks to Sandeep. Yeah. Uh, huge thanks to Google for reaching out and, and uh, giving us the lowdown. <clears throat> and all the yeah. great stuff that's that they announced at CES and all some really meaty, interesting stuff. What were your main, Jason? When what were your main kind of takeaways from that conversation? Like, what do you think is the biggest thing of all those announcements? I mean, I 
you know, between the quick share, the fast pair, I mean, I like, like I said, I like the fast pair. Um, I love the just fast because pair. Yeah, I love it's yeah. such a friction point that I've experienced yeah. so many times that if, and then once fast pair kind of came along and I experienced it and I was like, okay, that actually worked. That actually works really well. Yeah. I want that in all places. The less I have to like jump into Bluetooth settings and, try you know all the weird funky like angles of, of getting it to work the better so that's that's the one that made me happiest i don't know just generally a feeling of you know multi-device cross device yeah. and and i kind of like the just there i mean they've, they've been invested in a while that's not like news but i i don't know some things especially some things we're going to talk about i feel like kind of like oh finally kind of calm i mean more culmination of partnerships and actually making things a little more like tightened up in, in like the ecosystem or this ecosystem of ecosystems and things like that. Um, and yeah, if it, it feels like that, like it's first, like first you are able to do a thing on your phone and then you're able to do similar things on all these different devices. And now it's been about kind of making all those things connect. And to some degree they've been, they succeeded, not succeeded or they succeeded and then, things have felt like they've kind of regressed a little bit thinking about you nest hub and things like that. But I don't know. It just feels like, you know, there's a lot of things that are kind of coming together. Uh, and, and even these little things, like it, it kind of feels like small announcements, right? Like quick share and nearby share, but, and, and like the fast pairing thing. But I mean, I think it's like the small things in aggregate that make a really good user experience. So I think yeah, they all yeah. add up to something much bigger. Yeah. yeah. yeah looking at it and it was funny cause I actually was, was, I was doing my own personal research and I was like, what did they announce last year? What did they announce the year before? And it's interesting to see the trajectory and how the refinement of what they announce and how they're positioning it is, is like kind of evolving year mm-hmm. after year. Um, because last year CES was about casting and was it like had a lot of the similar things, but these this continues the evolution. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, good stuff. Well, great job. Well, thank you, and thanks yeah. again to Sandeep uh, thank for you, his Sandeep. time. And for that's sure. not the only news we have. We uh, we have a ton more like top of the fold news, and then we've got <laughs> hardware from CES, and then we've got like hardware that's not from CES. Um, so we should just get Let's right it. in it. Let's, Let's do, do it. it. Um, I don't know, something about, isn't there a song about jump in my car or something? I don't know. Maybe it's like a Beatles, a uh, Weak Boy song or something. But um, something Gary we did. Newman, here in my car. <laughs> yeah, this, yeah. Oh, here in my car. No, no, no. Well, um, at CES, there, it's something we didn't get to talk to Sandeep about, but which was at CES were some great announcement for Android Auto uh, from CES 2004. Uh, there's a lot of stuff, um, uh, some big, some small, some that you might question the safety of. But again, it kind of goes along the lines of a lot of, partnerships and building relationships and integrating is really starting to feel like it pays off. I know like last week we talked about, you know, an experience going away, but at the same time, it really feels like Android auto has kind of arrived uh, in a place that I don't think there's a pun in there, but um, you know, the integration with EVs is coming along right now, as we've been talking about battery APIs a lot last couple of weeks, but well that some of that battery informational work is coming to Android auto. And so Starting soon with the Ford Mustang Mach-E and F-150, you'll be able to get battery life uh, with uh, supporting EVs so that you can do things like be able to kind of monitor your battery level and you arrive or have Android Auto suggest to you charging places. Um, you can, so I was confused about this and I believe Jason was too. One of the announcements was that you could send a trip from Google Maps to Android Auto, which I think you could already do or it already picks yeah, up. Could- and have, 
I, I, I mean, that's one of those features that I would have assumed that you could do, but I don't have an Android Auto head unit, so I didn't yeah, well, really ever use that. Um, I, 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 I'd hope you could do that. Well, this <laughs> is one of those things where like, I feel like the announcement's there, but the details are a little fuzzy. Um, now, yeah, if you have navigation going start on your phone, it will instantly transfer to a heads, uh, or to, a, to a display. So I don't know what the difference with this is, but there's something different. Maybe, I don't know if it's like a more complex trip or something else. Yes. Oh, I guess send a car directly. Yeah, if you, um, if you if you if you pulled up the navigation on your phone and okay, you say I send oh. it to car, right? It's like it's right, almost so it's like wireless. It, it's it's yeah, it's that it's that device connection right. kind of Jason okay. that you're talking to Sandeep about, yeah, but yeah. in the car side of things where gotcha. You know, yeah, oh, so. that's a great oh, that, that's it, Ron. So it's basically like transferring a podcast, but yep. this time it's directions, and that's and actually that's fair. I remember now. Um, that happens when your phone is directly connected to Android Auto, but now it'll happen just wirelessly. Cross devices. It's like you're inside and you're like, I know that I need to go to this place. You send the dis- destination to right. your Android Auto, and when you get in there, it's all ready for or, you. Yeah, or you have it. Someone sent you the link to the thing you pulled up on your phone, and you okay, okay, car, I'm go send it right. to car. I'm going mm-hmm. here, right? So nice. Right. I, I got to okay. tell you, I hate these Android Auto announcements at CES because they always make me want a new car. <laughs> like those product videos and like yeah. the, the the changing sizes of the display and like the the amorphous non car that they show in the demo, yeah. which is like <laughs> like I'm like oh I'm just so tired of my twenty whatever twenty twenty nineteen or twenty twenty Subaru like I want I want a cool different car. But actually, it's funny because I'm glad this came up because unrelated to the CES announcement, related to Android Auto, um, I've been having a hell of a time with Android Auto in my car because it just doesn't work. Like the A yeah. wireless doesn't work yeah. i pl- i've been buying oh, wow. cable after cable mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. try it because i thought that um jason remember when we discovered that like some USB-C cables work better than yep. others and things mm-hmm. like that right uh-huh. so it's been going on months now i've not been able to use android auto in my car um i brought it in for a service change and i was like hey guys i was like can you check the usb connectors to see that they're connected and sure enough <laughs> This USB connector got disconnected inside the. Oh no way! The- oh, <laughs> so, oh well, good. So, so all the all the USB C cables I've been buying and trying and stuff like that, they, they're fine. It's the actual now, connector in the car was broken. Oh my god! Now I you're get my flush with cables. On. That's oh, not a geez. horrible thing. I've done the same thing for years, just yeah. like coiled cables, not coiled cables. Yeah. And right now, if I plug in my phone, if I just breathe or the car goes over a tiny bump, disconnects. Yep. So heaven oh, forbid I'm no, traveling really. somewhere I don't check, know. So. Check your check your connectors because okay. because they they had actually replaced my radio unit about eight months ago because um, it was defective and in doing that I think they didn't connect the USB connectors correctly um, and so they're they're gonna fix it uh, for me under warranty. Um, but yeah, well, was, good to know. Um, but yeah, I mean, like it is it is something to note that in all the renders they show they do show like a lot of different kinds of HUD, not just like the regular like landscape, but like kind of these more elongated mm-hmm. like yeah. super landscape, super wide. Well, yeah, that's like the, uh-huh. I think the Ford ones. I want the Ford the Mach-E Fords. so bad. I want that electric Mustang. <laughs> it's so cool. But I think the Ford one has the, the longer, like, widescreen screen type thing. Yeah. So, yeah. It's um, pretty nice. Um, yeah. Well, uh, you know, I mean, Ron, you have two young children. Would you like PBS Kids in your car sure. when you're parked? Uh, well, you can get that on select models as well as Crunchyroll for all you anime fans out there. Of course, probably with the proviso that you should be parked or st- otherwise stopped um, nice. when when being entertained by Android Auto. But not only that, you'll also get the Weather Channel app, uh, Chrome, 
Uh, on some cars, I think Polestars and some other models, again, Chrome being something you probably do when you're stopped uh, and not in motion. Hopefully the car will prevent you from doing that. And just kind of like a lot of other things. Um, and Google or Android Auto rather is broadening its reach, coming to more manufacturers, to the new Nissans, Fords, Lincolns, and Porsches. Oh my. And we've talked about digital you know, IDs and licenses in the past. Well, guess what? We still need digital car keys to go with our digital licenses and then our driving experiences will be all digital all the time except for the actual cars. Um, and digital car keys are actually expanding to Volvo. So there you go. Quite a smattering of Android auto awesomeness from CES other than, you know, making us all want to, you know, go to the dealership and get a cool new car with Android auto in it, which I totally get because I love it. But I'm also my little Subaru is just having a hard time. Yeah. Kind of staying connected. So maybe a new car. My new car is obviously the 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 yeah, whole it's a good solution. It's a good solution. <laughs> Android Auto stuff is neat. I don't know. It's funny because when when I brought my car in for them to look at the USB connector, they gave me a loaner, and it was a brand new Super oh. Forester. And mm-hmm. so I I sure as hell plugged. There was a USB cable in the car, so I plugged my phone in, and I got Android Auto and all its beautifulness. And I'm like, oh, I missed this, so I, I got to fix it. So you're like, at least I know it works from here, like yep. in this direction. So. <laughs> Problems in the car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so moving on, uh, a little non-CES news, but one of our favorite topics. It doesn't uh, say CES, but it's RCS. Um, so the Google Messages beta app is actually getting a new feature uh, within RCS, um, according to some new strings that have been discovered by the clothes, Code Sleuth at Assemble Debug on Twix. Um, as we like to call it here on the show. Um, and in that in that uh, code sleuthing, they found that support for dual sims when using RCS. So there's a switch that would allow users to choose which sim to use, and then messages will denote which carrier they were sent via and also have different colors so you know which sim you're going off of. Um, and I got to imagine if you're using dual sims, this is awesome news for you. I am blissfully ignorant to the world of dual SIMs or eSIMs and all this sort of stuff. I just have one carrier, one SIM, mm-hmm. one number. Yeah. So this is like, okay. But I, I, somewhere out there, I feel like Miriam is super happy about this. I don't know why. <laughs> Miriam, Mateo. Yeah, totally. Miriam's yeah. probably very happy about this. Yeah. yeah. This, is so. not a, this is not a world that I have lived in where I have the need for two Me different either. SIMs in the same, so. same phone. Less of a U.S. thing, maybe more. more it's a, of a, yeah. an international thing. We travel yeah. internationally. We do it more. Thing. I think, yeah. So yeah. So yeah, that makes sense. Um, and then what is this? So oh, this is AI. That's right. That's right. Mr. AI, I, 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 Mr. AI, AI Howl over there. <laughs> That's what they call me sometimes. Okay, so two pieces of news here. We got. Um, hold on, I got to pull it up here. Chat GPT. As a possible assistant replacement, Whoa. it's looking like that, that mm. might be more and more a possibility. Not not for like, you know, Google deciding that ChatGPT will replace assistant, but rather it seems like more and more there are possibilities for the Android operating system to allow you to replace an assistant with something like ChatGPT. And Michal, who is not here today, of course, wrote a few articles for Android Authority on this topic um, Michelle actually tested a new activity found in the ChatGPT app that when it's enabled, it actually summoned the same animation as the one that you see when you summon uh, the in-app voice chat mode on your phone. He couldn't actually get it to complete the activity, but the code uh, did reveal um, it to be an assistant activity specifically. And then Michelle also um, wrote another, he was busy writing about this stuff. The very next day wrote uh, a look uh, 
that he took into Android 14 QPR2 beta code spotted the potential uh, ability and he actually said probably coming Android 15 so this is not meant you know to happen right now to open up the voice activation feature to third parties. So until now, this has been exclusively tied, right, to Assistant, or if you've got a Samsung phone, for example, you could do this with Bixby. Um, and this could actually mean the ability to summon chatbots like ChatGPT, or one could guess Bard uh, in the future. And or, so, or Bixby, right? Or, or you know, what, or Bixby, if you just want to, <laughs> Who's you know, choosing to put Bixby on their device? Oh, That's what I want to know. Someone is. Um, but yeah, who is that? I just, just real quickly, I wasn't on last week's show. I apologize yeah. again. Um, yeah, is this our first mention of Android 15? Oh, I don't know. I don't know that we specifically said Android 15 uh, by name or number. Yeah, I mean, I think in terms of the drinking game or whatever, like Mark, January 9th, Android 15 in play by Michal. He's not here, but he wrote about it. (laughs) We're getting ready for Android 15 already. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, there you go. I mean, this makes a lot of sense to me because sure. we're seeing a lot of overlap between the feature set of of why or what we might have used assistant for, you know, voice uh, voice input, voice um, commands, that sort of stuff in the past. And then the feature set that we're seeing out of these LLMs like ChatGPT mm-hmm. um, that allow you to use your voice to you know, answer questions to create things, all these things, they seem like they go really hand in hand, um, in, in converging and coming together. Um, although, you know, kind of interesting if, if Google hits a point where they're like, okay, you can replace, you know, assistant with yours. Although I guess it's not very unsurprising. Like that is Android in a nutshell. Apple would be the the platform to say, no, you can't replace this with chat GPT. It can only be the Apple product. So, you know, I guess it makes sense. But I like it. Cool. So who knew that there was news outside of CES? How about that? Who knew? <laughs> who knew? But we actually had more non-CES news, and we took those news stories to the patron pick of the week. So every week on Monday, we post three stories and let our wonderful, wonderful patrons like Jesse D. from New York vote on the three options. And then we pick on Tuesday the one that w- the one with the most votes that will get our you know substantial con- conversating and opining this week. And so this week of our three choices, um, the the one y'all wanted least, which I'm kind of surprised, but not surprised, was Microsoft Teams finally coming to Android Auto. <laughs> Probably one of the less sexy Android Auto <laughs> announcements of the night. Uh, only got 20% of the vote. Uh, 36% of the vote went to Files by Google. Fi- files by Google, the app, important tab, is shutting down. Uh, we'll delete files. Um, that sounds uh, ominous. But what... What did win is the fact that Google Manager Manager just pick Google P- Password Manager, sorry, has become easier to access on your Pixel phone. So some folks on the Pixel 8 are reporting a slicker way to get to the Google Password Manager. So I mean, Google Password Manager is generally, I mean, pretty integrated and extremely well. It's it's already extremely tightly integrated and very deep in the Android system and Chrome as well. You know, it generally is pretty good at being available on context, you know, in context whenever you need a password or creating a new one. But something that's not very easy is random access. If you just want to f- open Google Password Manager, it's not easy. You have to go into settings, go to Google, go to autofill, autofill with Google, Google Password Manager, and that's just a lot. And sometimes you kind of want to take a look at that Google Password Manager. Um, but it looks like on Pixel 8, uh, Google is testing out a new UI, 
whereby if you go into the Google search and start typing password, you're going to get uh, a very you know handy and very high in the results shortcut to the Google password manager that will take you directly there without going through 15,000 steps through your settings. Um, and yeah, uh, we'll get to see whether this will pop up on more than Pixel 8. Seems like it might be just like an A-B test or something. But uh, there you go. If one of your frustrations with Google uh, the Google password manager is that it's just dang hard to get to. It isn't a standalone app. Uh, Google, it looks like it's working on a solution for you. Um, so pixel eight people, let us know if you see it. Uh, but yeah, that was the patron pick of the week. I, I will admit there was a, a, a small part of me that's hoping that Microsoft teams on Android auto. Started I, I kind of did too. Cause that's just like, that's like a, that's like a, a tech bingo card that I never would have thought we would get. It was like Microsoft Teams and Android Auto. It's like it's it's like it's the Kevin Bacon game. You're like, can you connect Microsoft Teams to Android Auto? But, um, ugh, ugh. Well, I, I I have taken when I worked at Adobe, we used Microsoft Teams, and I did take more than a couple calls in my car. And this was during the summer when I still worked there, and it was hot, and the car had to be off which was not a good idea. It should have been on. And yeah, it was, it was a nightmare. I eventually I ran out of battery or my phone overheated from trying to do Microsoft a Microsoft teams call in my yeah. car. Uh -huh. So uh, this would have been great for me like a year and a half ago. So, eh. yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you, Jesse D from New York for being a supporting patron and, and uh, all the patrons for voting in this week's uh, patron news pick. You can go to patreon.com slash Android faithful. And every week you get to do that because uh, we need you, our listeners, our loyal listeners to help us do the show. Um, and with that, we have a ton of hardware coming out of CES. <laughs> Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. <laughs> 
and by no means am I jealous that Mr. Michal <laughs> is in Vegas, despite my distaste for Vegas. Um, I am jealous that Michal is there roaming the floor because he got his hands on none other than the Asus ROG Phone 8. Or the ROG Phone 8, as I like to call it. There it is in all of its Republic of Gaming glory. <laughs> um, uh, reported reported to us briefly that it's thinner and lighter than the previous models. Um, it has an AI wallpaper feature that runs on the device. It lights up ROG on the back, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, it's got semantic search that runs on device as well. Um, and the air trigger is still intact. Contrary Ooh. to the, ru- the rumors, they are still there, thankfully. Um Michelle's going to be back on the show next week, and we're going to go in depth uh, with the Asus uh, ROG Phone 8. Um, so it's a little bit of tease to tune in next week. That's just one of the many things Michelle's going to be back talking about next week uh, from his adventures at CES. Um, but the the ROG Phone 8 is real. It exists. Uh, it's so all real. You, all, you, all you gamers, or all you, yeah. There's, there's a on our. If you're watching our video show, there's a a photo of the phone uh, showing that air triggers do still exist, and you can turn them on or off in the settings. Um, so I feel like with the Rog Phone Eight, they went less gamer and more just phone. Yeah, right? like it's yeah. not as extreme as the past. Um, so maybe they're going a little more towards the middle ground, the mainstream. Who knows? But um, yeah, I, I wonder. You know that that could possibly be a good direction to go because yeah. if you're if you're pigeonholing your phone into the like total gamer style, it's not like it's not like gamers is this small category of people. There are a ton of them out there, yeah. but. You stand to open up the market a lot more if you still provide a phone that can do all those things that a gamer, you know, is going to want out of a gamer phone. Yeah. Um, but make it a little less like on the nose, you know, like yeah, we're this is a tough phone that's really crazy and you know, stylish, stylish and flashy with you know all the LEDs. It seems like they toned it back, and all they do is open up. I think the uh, yeah. the, the people, the possible um, market for their phone. It's so funny though because ROG. Sorry, I want to say ROG too. It's just simpler than saying ROG. Join the club and say ROG. I know. I know. I piss everyone off when I say it, but it's ROG. I I think you only piss off ASUS when you say it. The rest of us are like, yeah, I've been saying that way for years. It's just so weird because ROG is just an inherently big, flashy, expensive gamer brand, and they have like a successful phone line with the Zen phone. I don't. I, I guess I'm confused about. Why? Why not either kind of build the Zen phone line or maybe they just want to keep Zen phone as like the it's not even a mid range phone. It's like the lower, lower high to, you know, like kind of like the high to mid segment. And then RG. I don't know. It just it's just interesting to me just because, I mean, we have RG stuff all over my house. It's big. It's loud. It's LED. It says like, oh, we're gamers with a little, you know, with, with a little too much like time on our hands. Um, I don't know. I just think it's really interesting where they're taking the brand. I, I don't disagree. And I think it's a really attractive phone. I just find the ROG branding weird. Um, or just, um, I don't know. It, I don't know. Just it's weird. Know. No, it's, a, it is when it has always been weird. So, okay. um, we're going to talk more about it next week though. So yeah, uh, Luke, sorry. saving got, it for next week. Yeah. We've got a ton more. Uh, Jason, what do, what, what do you got about TCL? Oh, TCL. Yeah. Actually, I got a lot of stuff about TCL bringing the heat at the Consumer Electronics Show, starting with, let's see if I can get it up here on the screen. I'm, I happen to also be switching the show right now. Um, we will start with the TCL 50 series. 
So I'd say two thirds of the three, two of the three stories, which also works out to two thirds of the stories uh, from TCL, have to do with next paper. And next paper, no e in the next, uh, NXT P A P E R is a type of display that, and this is not like the first time that it's existed. There have been previous iterations, but essentially what it attempts to do is is uh, is resemble the reading experience on paper. And we've heard this before with e-ink, but this isn't actually e-ink. Um, it's like a satin finish that goes over the display. It rejects sun glare. It rejects fingerprints. kind of has, you know, like a flat quality to it. Um, and this newer version is actually brighter than previous Next Paper displays, which is a good thing because the previous ones were dimmer than normal displays. And I'm not certain that this necessarily brings it right up to what, you know, the brightness of a normal display, but apparently it's, it's closer. So if you're using this outside, you know, that, that rejection of sun glare is going to be even better because you'll actually be able to see what's on the display because it's brighter. So that's a good thing. Um, and so the TCL 50 series really leans into uh, the next paper technology, but that is not all. Because TCL also um, talked about the Next Paper 14 Pro, which is a tablet. It's a 14-inch tablet here, and I'll s scroll down so you can actually see it. There you go. 14-inch um, 2.8K display. It actually has two different modes. It has the standard tablet view, so just like a standard tablet mode, uh, full color, everything that you expect. And then it has a black and white reader mode, which kind of slim, it it's, uh, pairs back the experience. So you still have your standard Android layout, but like the icons kind of change, they get more simplified, everything goes black and white. So it's really like a mixture of a standard tablet and an e-reader without that slow refresh e-ink experience. It uh, sound, sounds really compelling to me. I think that would be a really, uh, really neat thing to have both on a tablet because then you'd have a really large, you know, not solid e-reader without the kind of trade-off of, oh, well, I've got this large, you know, e-ink-like experience, but everything's super slow and it's not really a full, you know, fledged tablet and everything. This seems like the best of both worlds. So those are those items. Um, any comments on, on that technology before I get to the third one, which is it's a neat. lot different? I think it's neat. I don't know yeah. if it's like a game changer for me or making going to make me pull the trigger, but I like yeah. to see any any sort of advancement or doing something in tablets to help grow the tablet space. So mm -hmm. I'm a little skeptical just because as someone who still likes e-ink, I have like an e-ink notebook. And yeah, it, the worst part is the refresh, which yeah. is noticeable and long. But Super noticeable. I also, as a dev kind of wonder like whether battery life does get saved by this paper. I mean, presumably they do stuff like turn off animations, like basically making it as e-ink like without that refresh. So it probably could save some battery life, but I don't know if when the screen's on and white, uh, like lighter colors tend to draw the battery more. So I don't know. I'm just kind of curious. I, I think it's a great concept. I'm just, I'd, I, I, I w wouldn't want to compare it directly to an e-ink reader and hope that it had like, you know, days of battery life or something. I don't know. Yeah, like, that, well, that is that. true. I I would guess that it's not quite the same when it comes to longevity of battery life, especially because it has that alternative mode, which is just like a standard tablet. But if you were to keep it in that um, in that next paper, whatever that mode is, whatever you want to call it, uh, the black and white reader mode, um, what would the battery life be there? That's a really good question. I think that's important mm -hmm. to know. Yeah. 
because uh, people will compare the two, you know, whether they like it or not. And finally, a little different uh, is uh, shifting TCL over to the TVs, which is what a lot of people know TCL for. New t- uh, new TV series, not a series on TV, but actually a series of TVs that includes a 115-inch QD mini LED, uh, the largest TV ever sold in North America, or so uh, 9 to 5 Google says in this article. Um, and the reason that we're even talking about it is because, yes, it runs Google TV. So the largest you've ever seen Google TV on a TV <laughs> in North America. There you go. 20,000 dimming zones, built-in 6.2.2 built-in speakers. Uh, no price yet, although I have to imagine very expensive. Jason, do you remember? Do you remember CES? Like, oh God, I want to say like ten years ago or so, when it was like, who has the biggest TV? (laughs) Right when it was was like when when they when they broached the hundred inch uh, whatever threshold, and every I remember the years I was going to CES, it was always finding like whether it was TCL or Samsung or whoever who was showing the hundred nine inch TV. Um, but they were, it was like, oh, you'll never be able to buy this. And now here we can buy a 115 inch TV. So God, I have to wonder. So, so what is that like? What's, what's 115 in feet? Sorry, I can't do the math right now. Like nine feet, eight feet so diagonal TV. Aren't you a developer oh, divided by 12? I know. I, I program stuff to think for me. Nine I mean, and a half feet. Nine around, feet. yeah, around 10 feet. Nine and a yeah. half feet. Yeah. What's this? this just, just a wall in your yeah. house, which I, I am, I am happy, which is great. Build me a it's TV just wall. a wall, yeah. an just entire wall. wall in your house of TV. Okay, here, here's the assignment, listeners. Uh, someone buy the TCL 115-inch TV and then watch uh, Android Faithful on it and send us a picture of you watching our big dumb faces on nine and a half feet of television. So. Yeah, I, on this shot, each of our uh, each of our individual shots oh, is at least probably the size wide. of a yeah a normal yeah. big screen TV. Oh boy. Okay. There you go. That's TCL in a nutshell. Uh, the, this next story, when by the way, uh, our good friend Burke emailed to me today because he I did. Make sure I didn't miss okay. it. So, well, I mean, thank you, Burke. I know I was skeptical about the e ink reader plus tablet, but I have another combo that Burke and uh, and our own Michelle Ramon were very very excited about. In fact, Michelle tweeted saying. Oh my gosh, someone made a device just for me. And that is the new Lenovo ThinkBook, which is half a Windows laptop and half an Android tablet. So imagine, I mean, it's it's got, it's, it, it looks like a Microsoft Surface Duo from far away. So it's got this like base, which is the actual laptop, which is called the hybrid station, which is the, basically the guts and the, the, the CPU memory, all the good stuff that a laptop is, the keyboard, everything at the bottom. The screen, um, there's a detachable screen, which when attached to the hybrid station turns it into a Windows laptop. Now undock that screen and it's not just a screen, but it's also an Android tablet. Uh, again, perfect for Michelle. Android tablet, Windows Windows laptop, all in one. Uh, it's very interesting. And, and the screen part is called the hybrid tab. So you've got the hybrid tab and the hybrid station to which the tab docks. It is interesting because what's happening here is that there's actually two OSs. So you, there's no like file sharing or like kind of shared resources on these two things. They are two separate. Wait, but that shows, wait, what's going on there? Oh, I see. Sorry. <laughs> this is nonsense. This image, this image shows the keyboard connected so to sorry. a monitor with the display yeah. rotated like a, like a tablet. 
Okay, sorry. Popped so, out. Yeah, like, the display did. Yeah, just, did, just, did, just, did I really like, threw him <laughs> off her uh, uh, for a loop because the two things are separate. Like once you once you undock the screen, it it doesn't it doesn't share like the windows. Like it doesn't share the storage space no. or anything. It, it there's no like communication between the storage space of the Android tablet and the Windows laptop. They're two separate things. And and Ron was showing a picture where they show the station like connected to a monitor. So it is a windows machine with a monitor, but then someone using the tablet as an Android tablet on the side, I got very confused. So it's really interesting because yeah, the tablet is running Android. And I think our uh, friend of the show, Ben Shun kind of pontificated that perhaps they're going to get, you're going to get the full like battery life, like mobile experience out of the tablet that way. Uh, as opposed to, you know, like the Microsoft Surface Duo where both parts are, you know, it's all a Microsoft device or, or it's all a Microsoft device running Windows. So, you know, it's not running a whole dang OS. It's running a mobile OS when you're using the tablet separately. So I got really confused by that. Um, and I can't help but think I wouldn't be the only one when you have like a Windows laptop with an Android tablet screen. But I know Michelle is really interested. Here's, here's my question though, Win, about it. Yeah. Can I run Microsoft Teams Android <laughs> app in tablet mode? <sighs> <laughs> and then switch to Windows and use Microsoft Teams. Oh, God, there. that hurts. That hurts. It's just oh. hilariously. Yes, probably. Why would you do that? Yeah, Microsoft probably. Teams is like the best punchline in any tech joke, by the way. It's just like. <laughs> <laughs> why would you do that, Ron? Why would you at all? <laughs> why would you not? Oh, Lenovo. Lenovo really pushing the boundaries there at CES. Um, we'll talk about pushing the boundaries. Um, we know that Samsung uh, is gearing up for their next unpacked event in a couple of weeks. Like, Jesus, next week or it's like a week and a half. Yeah, next week. Um, but we've we've already heard that there's uh, um, you know the theme for Samsung in 2024 is going to be AI. Uh, you know, drink, we'll do whatever you want to do. When a, mention of AI happening there. Um, but speaking of Microsoft Teams, Samsung and Microsoft at CES show that they've collaborated on some new AI-driven connectivity features on the new Galaxy Book Four, um, which was actually announced. La- the the device was announced last December. Um, MS Copilot um, will be able to find, read, and summarize text messages from Galaxy smartphones on the laptop um, and also generate messages to be sent from the laptop through the phone and uh, gives you the ability to use the smartphone as a PC webcam somewhere. Michelle got very excited, um, <laughs> right. but but the, the Galaxy Book 4 is not on sale yet. But when it is, Samsung and Microsoft and Copilot collaborating on the AI stuff. Is this, is this a hint of things to come in the upcoming galaxy, uh, rollout and unpacked? We will see. Um, but there it is. Right. Yeah. I mean, because some of what you're hearing here is pretty like, I realize that, you know, the, the kind of modern AI thing that's happened the last year, you know, it hasn't happened that long, but this is kind of basics, you know, basic stuff for Mm -hmm. what that is. You know, it can, uh, it can summarize, it can, I, you know, no, I, what, what I do think is interesting okay, is that like, it can is generate a, text. You is know? this? Yeah, I know. Is, is, is this a case of Microsoft wanting to get Copilot in on devices in front of actual users and going to Samsung saying, "Hey, what can you do for us?" And Samsung going, "Eh, here's the Galaxy Book Four. Go to go have fun. <laughs> you cool with that? Or, or is that good enough for you? Exactly. Or are we going to see the next Galaxy, the next phone, like the, all the stuff that unpacked?" and be tightly driven and Samsung and Microsoft working together on the AI solution. Mm -hmm. Um, That is obviously the more interesting, 
chess move by Samsung um, there in terms of what they're doing and how that impacts their relationship with Google. Um, but choosing not to do it themselves, I think, is really interesting. Um, I think it's probably 60-40 in the way of Microsoft going, hey, we want to do something. And Samsung going, okay, here you go. <laughs> but we'll, we'll see in uh, next week, right? So Yeah, won't have to wait very long. Yeah, yeah. I think I think you might be right. I think this might be a kind of a yeah. teaser as far as what yeah. we can, you know, what we'll find out about uh, at the event next week. Yeah. And will they call it Bixby Pilot or? Bixby? <sighs> Does Bixby go away? Bixby, Bixby go away. Bixby's lost the Microsoft Teams. Sorry. <laughs> oh, Bixby. 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 Bye bye Bixby. Bixby. Bye bye. bye. <laughs> and bye spelled B A I. Bixby. Bye bye. Um, okay. <laughs> I'm gonna end with that. Um, Hisense is boy, that's a that's a brand that I don't spend a whole lot of time thinking about, but. They have some new Google TVs, and one is very large. Apparently this week, I didn't intend on this, uh, but apparently this week I've got the very large TV uh, beat. Um, a full <laughs> mini LED lineup, first of all. So this is, these are not the ridiculously large TVs that Hisense has. Three in total, ranging from 55 to 85 inches. Uh, and I can, uh, here, let's see here. I didn't pull that up. Um 144 hertz refresh, low input lag, really just kind of like designed to be great for gaming. AI, ding, 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 image enhancements, of course, with an onboard AI system on a chip. So onboard, you know, processing to enhance the view, the, the vision um, that is put out on the glass. And then there is the ULED X series. Um, and that's a step up. Uh, so you get better dimming controls. You get more brightness, 5,000 nits, actually 98 inches at 144 Hertz, but they also have the 110 UX, which is a 110 inch ULED X display, 40,000 dimming zones, 10,000 nits of brightness. That's crazy. So 110 inches. And this is, you know, compared to what was the other one? 115. So they're, you know, they're, they're hanging out they're, they They walk into the same party and they look at each other and they go, oh, that, that TV's here. And the <laughs> like, oh, I thought I was going to be the tallest TV in this room. So, yeah, that's what's happening with the uh, high sense. <laughs> oh, high sense. Oh, high sense. <laughs> Thanks for giving me a very awkward, tall person analogy. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure you appreciate that, right? <laughs> I was only pulling from personal experience. Let's be real here. <laughs> All right. Well, we've got large TVs. How about some projectors as well in terms it, for your CES announcement? So X, X Gimme, X Jimmy. X gonna give it to you. X gimme, X gimme. We're certainly when I need X gimme. Or is it cross gimme? Cross gimme. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. X, X G I M I is a company that manufactures and designs high performance uh, smart projectors and laser TVs. Well, they have announced this year that they will be partnering with both Google and MediaTek to bring a new range of Google TV powered projectors. So it's interesting because up until now, X gimme has, sorry. At whoever, let me know how you say that. Um, X Gimme, we're going to go for it, uh, has previously only offered Android TV. So obviously they're kind of bringing up and getting with like the new hotness in, in regards to TV interfaces from Google. And yeah, this, they're going to be bringing a broader range of projects, uh, products rather, including the X Gimme Horizon Max and Aladdin. And of course, MediaTek is a good addition to the partnership since their chips are in all kinds of premium devices like the Sony Bravia. So there you go. If you need a projector, a smart projector, 
And you kind of wondered whether Google TV could be part of that smart projector. The answer is yes. Uh, and that will be coming from XGimi, XGimi, the Google TV, uh, soon enough. Uh, so there you go. All right, X gimme, cross gimme, cross gimme, whatever did, you want to call of, it. Speaking of projectors, I saw nothing to do with Android, but I saw some projectors coming out of CES that um, were IMAX certified. <gasps> Whoa. Um, so that you can finally get the IMAX viewing experience at home. Don't tell my husband. Projector. Yeah, oh, which, is, which is funny because I don't like IMAX, but um, I think it's just too much. It's, but um, uh, I thought that was, that was a neat little thing. So We saw uh, uh, Batman. Oh, I can't think. The Batman with Keith Ledger. Sorry, Batman. The, the Dark Knight Returns. Dark Knight yeah. Returns yeah. in IMAX, and it, it just felt like this the whole time. Yeah. Like my ne- I always walk out, my neck hurts. Like yeah, it, yeah, yeah it's so. just staring up there. Like I yeah. can't. Yeah, my head, my eyeballs are not big enough for this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, sit um, in the back row. Yeah, <laughs> high up. But then you're high up, and I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, anyway. you know, yeah. um, all right. So there was a couple, as Jason mentioned earlier, there was some hardware stuff uh, that had that had nothing to do with CES, which always makes me laugh because it's like, guys, don't you know what's going on in Vegas? Um, <laughs> but uh, Qualcomm uh, had some uh, Snapdragon XR2 Plus Gen 2 uh, news to make. Uh, so in collaboration with Google and Samsung, um, basically the results are the Snapdragon XR2 XR2 Plus Gen 2. Um, and uh, this uh, processor will be targeting extended reality devices mm. like the upcoming MetaQuest devices, um, a 15% increase in GPU frequency and a 20% increase in CPU frequency, um, and it has support for 4.3K resolution per eye. That can give you 8.6K resolution if, if you got two eyes. Um, <laughs> uh, and this is confirmation that Samsung is working on an XR device um, as you know, aforementioned, Meta is fully into XR. Um, if Qualcomm's in collaboration with Google and Samsung, is Google working? You know, we know Google's working on XR devices. Um, this is possibly going to be interesting. And uh, Snapdragon, Qualcomm will continue to power the next gen of these devices. Um, we'll be curious to see what comes out of them. So, pretty neat. Four point three K per hour, <laughs> at ninety <laughs> frames per second. That's insane. Good lord. Okay. I haven't, have I seen? Oh, yeah, I did. I got a very brief look uh, through the MetaQuest 3 kind of experience with the pass-through AR thing. It was, it was yeah. pretty neat, I got to say. So I'm, I'm curious to see what this leads to. I mean, this is happening this week, the week of Apple's big, you know, Apple Vision announcement. Right. We were at... Um, my family and I went to Tahoe uh, for the weekend, and yesterday we were driving home. We stopped to get some pizza on the on the drive home, and they had a game on. And one of the ads was the Apple Vision thing, and my daughters saw that, and you know, you know, I ended up telling them the price tag, and they were, you know, their eyes fell out of their head. But they were like, "I bet you Apple can do VR really well." And I think a lot of people probably wonder that as well. So it'll be interesting to see how news like this. Like it's one thing to see this and be like, oh yeah, VR, okay, AR. That was that was the thing five years ago that we all thought we were going to be mad over, and you know, kind of petered out. We are we at the beginning of it actually, like of a new phase of I, it? I think Who we might. We, we could we be are at the beginning of a new phase. I kind of a friend of mine got those Ray Bands. Um, mm-hmm. those People men- have been really pro. Yeah, I kind of want them. I kind of am interested you in do. them. You know, so uh, time will tell. We will see. Yeah. I mean, yeah. a- AI assistant buttons came back, so why not XR headsets? <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I mean, it, it's a bit. I, I I much prefer an XR headset over a Bixby button. Sorry, Bixby. <laughs> Everything that's old is new again. That's how it goes. It's a circle of life. Circle of life. Um, <laughs> and finally, in the last bit of non CES 
hardware news. We've got Periscope cameras because apparently I'm on the Periscope beat now. Meanwhile, I'm the one that gave the stories to everybody. So I put myself on the Periscope beat. Um, The Oppo Find X7 Ultra, the company's latest flagship, sporting not one but two Periscope lenses for those of you who like the Periscope. One is a 3X optical zoom uh, with the biggest telephoto sensor in any smartphone. I'm putting that in quotes just so you know that I did not claim this. They did. The other is a 6X optical zoom um, with a pretty large sensor as well. Also has two other cameras on board, 50 megapixel main, 50 megapixel ultra wide. So you've got that big kind of like circular, you know, camera of, I don't know, island bump, whatever you want to call it down there, but two periscopes inside. And then, I mean, aside from that, the phone is a, you know, pretty high end, um, you know, top tier specs, Snapdragon 8 Gen 3 processor, um, 6.82 inch screen, 1440p resolution, 120 hertz refresh, all the big things, you know, HDR content gives you peak brightness of 4,500 nits. So that's pretty bright. The thing is, though, you're not going to be able to get this because it's China only. Um, So I'm sorry to tell you this. But, you know, sometimes these are a sign of what's to come to other markets. And, uh, hey, I like my my periscope, so I'm all for it. Are we going to keep a tally, Jason, of how many periscope cameras meet meet your New Year's predictions by the end of the year? So if you, I don't know, if your prediction came true, like 24 for 2025 is going to be the year of four periscope cameras in a single phone. Every camera on the phone is going to have periscope running through it somehow. I don't know. I don't know that that's really going to be my prediction, but that would be a fun one. Fun one to lose. There we go. I'm done. Oh, too funny. Too funny indeed. All right. Well, that's all the hardware for this week, CES and non-CES. It's been a packed week for sure. And we're going to be back next week with even more CES stuff as Michelle gets back uh, in, in front of the whatever phone he's using as his webcam this week. Um, and we'll talk more about what he saw, uh, who he saw, what he saw, where he saw it, how he saw it at CES. Um, so you're going to want to tune into next week's show for sure to get that. Uh, but in the meantime... We love to hear from you, our good friends, uh, listeners, and viewers. You can always email us, uh, email into us at contact at androidfaithful.com. We love to hear from you, and we love to read your emails and feedback on the show. So, Wynn, I think you've got the first one. Uh, why don't you share it with us? Yes, and the first one is from Ian Bailey from Salt Lake City, Utah. I've been a longtime fan and just was so excited to learn that you were back under a different name. So I've been going through some back episodes and you were talking about podcast apps. I just wanted to send in some love for the Podcast Addict app. I've been using it since I got my first cell phone, the late great Nexus 4, over a decade ago. It's been a great podcast app. I paid for it once, and the developer has been continuously updating it this whole time. It's been amazing, with tons of customization and options, which is exactly why I went with Android all those years ago. I have tried Pocket Cast, and it has a nice interface, but Pocket, Pocket sorry, Podcast Addict works great, and I love it. I just wanted to share my fondness for the app, as I haven't heard you mention it on the show. Keep up the great work. Thanks, Ian Bailey from Salt Lake City, Utah. So I, I like the, I like this one because we I, I use Pocket Cast. We've been talking about Pocket Cast yeah. for years. Friends yeah. of the show, Pocket Cast, all stuff like that. Um, but like 
other apps are out there, and I love to hear what other people are using. Um, and I have heard of Podcast Addict, mm -hmm. Addict before oh, in the past. Um, and it's one of those apps that have been around for a while. Um, you know, they claim that they're the number one po Android podcast app with over 10 million downloads. Um, but uh, they've got a lot of, it looks like they've got a lot of really, really good features available in it. Um, so if you're looking for a podcast app, maybe check this one out. So. Yeah, uh, and in fact, Marcello in our live audience says he uh, he does like the podcast addict app. It's the one that he uses on all his devices. So, yep. thank you, Marcello. Can I give it a try. Yeah, very cool. All right, um, I've got our next and last email, uh, which comes in uh, from John from Cincinnati, who says, "What? What's the deal? What's the issue with not being able to share files?" The cloud has been around for at least eight years. If you want to share a file, you can do it through OneDrive, iCloud, Google Drive, and so on. And Amazon Photos is another way. I'm not sure why everyone was flabbergasted on how to get files over to other people. Please make this make sense. Love the show. John from Cincinnati. And I believe John is referring to the freakout we had uh, at the end of 2023 with Flow about Nearby Share, where when you <laughs> and Flow were freaking out about Nearby Share. And I think it's a very valid question as someone who hasn't freaked out, or, or what is it called now? It, they changed the name what is it it's it's uh quick share now, quick share. now oh quick yeah. share yeah now that it's become quick share so when in your experience using quick share formerly known as nearby share you 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 were in japan i was in and you japan. were sharing files with mm -hmm. your husband yeah why is that different or better than just uploading it to google drive and having and sharing that link that way um i mean we could have done that but i think part of it was we were you know just in the woods not in the woods we were in Inaka. we were in the kind of like a nice rural i can't say this word rural rural the rural area of japan uh and uh i mean you didn't have you didn't have you didn't have a data connection right i didn't i we had like pocket wi-fi pocket wi-fis which were very common in japan but it still relies on 4g or 5G, uh, and we were somewhere where you, you had neither, and we wanted to just share a photo, and and it was kind of an immediate thing. So, and and nearby share just worked, um, and and we did that for like links and all kinds of stuff. It, it just worked when you don't have a connection, and you're literally like passing it to my like passing it to the person next to you. And I mean, honestly, with Google Photos, I would have had to upload it, share it to my husband. He would have had to go open Google Photos, wait for it to sync, um, download right. it to his phone. It, in the it, I mean, in the use case that we need that we that we had it for, where he wanted the photo right away, it worked. Um, well, and if you're not just talking about a photo, right? Like, to say you're talking about a small video file. Yeah. Oh you my know, gosh. That could be a couple of hundred megs, which doesn't sound like a lot, but depending on the internet connection that you have, that could take a long time to upload and then to download just to get it on another device. Versus just saying, "Here, send this from me to you." That's a single transfer, and it's also mm -hmm. a direct transfer, so it's probably going to be faster depending yeah. on your internet connectivity. So there's a lot of reasons why it makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And and nearby shares more for just more than just files. You can share all kinds of stuff, like yeah. we did with links and text yeah. and all kinds of stuff. So yeah. so it's a subtle difference. So John from Cincinnati is correct. Yes, you can share files in many different ways. You can, like you said, you could do them through Google Drive or other things like that. Send a links, you know, that sort of thing. Um, but the nearby share, quick share. Just to summarize, the 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 ability to connect device to device is the differentiator there. Yeah. Um, which I have yet to try because I have nobody to share with. Oh. So oh, then maybe that's what they need. They need to broaden out QuickShare to be a a peer to peer sharing thing. Well, what internet. I need to do is I have my Pixel <laughs> so tablet is my Pixel tablet you. is right here. I've got this phone. I've got ninety. 
I've got like piles of phones all over. I just need to just start sharing PDFs around just to experience it. Just to just do it. To. Just to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really do. I, I I do need to go over with you guys. I've got a stack. I've been going through my basement and I've got a stack of phones. Like we should do we should do a patron bonus or we should do something like that. I mean, I found my next bit Robin, Jason. I found all my old Nexus fours. I found the Motorola modular one with all the <gasps> modules. Oh, like, cool. yeah. So I li- literally like, I'm, I'm going to start organizing all my devices and keep them organized and, and all that sort of stuff. But so th- that's a tease for later on, maybe on the oh, show or I, a, a patron bonus or something like that. Yeah, if you guys want to see that, if you want to see a history of our devices, Jason, I'm sure you've got boxes of them, right? I've I mean, got, we can, yeah, I've got some yeah. devices. I'm, yeah. I'm redoing my office and I actually found the sooner that I bought that I've, it's not my sooner. I just bought a sooner, like the OG, OG, like, yeah. you know, development only phone. And I was thinking about kind of doing a little gallery of our favorite Android phones since yeah. both of us have a crap ton. Yeah. Uh, that'd be cool then. Yeah. If, yeah. Just, if you're a patron. Just for it. There's that, there's that old Motorola with the, uh, with the pogo pings on the back. Yeah, and here's the, right. here is the, the camera attachment, right? Oh like, my God. Oh my Look God. at that. <laughs> I remember those. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> I have them all. Oh I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do with them. My wife yeah, is like, do you need the challenge? Do you, my wife is like, do you need these? I was like, yes. No. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Um, my next, my next bit, Robin. The best thing is booting them up. Like it's so funny. It's so like it's like talk about like a, a fly oh, time trapped, capsules, a fly trapped in amber, right? Yeah. Like it's totally like that moment in time. Yeah, so. yeah they are time capsules. Well, if I they even be boot up, like I have, I have really old phones that like I can't even get them to load up anymore. Well, it's and, funny, and, be- and like I probably at some time, some point in time knew why they couldn't and meant to fix it and now it's so far removed i'm like yeah. i don't even know what the problem is anymore well, like i guess i just gotta let it go well the one thing they get let it go sorry i just said disney um the one thing uh the one thing that gets me is that there was a photo at a party in 2010 that i took with my wife and one of our favorite musicians um before me and my wife were together where I, I was actually DJing um, a party in, in New York City, and one of my favorite musicians showed up. It was just like a random happens that he didn't wow. come to our party, but would frequent that bar. And there's a picture of the three of us, and I don't know where that picture is. And I, I know, oh, I know the composition of, of it. And so it's, I'm like, it must be on one of these phones. And so I'm like frantically plugging them in, but like, is this one? Because like, it's like oh, pre Google pre Google photos. So like yeah. I'm on a, like a lifelong hunt to try to find this photo. Oh, um, man, I know that. Far yeah. too well. <laughs> I've so been there. <laughs> Tragic. So. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, that will wrap it up. Uh, thanks for everyone emailing, uh, emailing us. You can email us at contact at androidfaithful.com. We'd love to hear from you as well. Um, big thanks again to Sandeep. Uh, sh- mm. I can't, I, I don't want to, <laughs> you guys said it. Shavukula. Shavukula. There you go. Thank yep. you, Sandeep, so much from Google uh, for joining us. And thanks to everybody at Google for making that happen. Um, we hope everybody enjoyed that interview. Um, and if you did, please tell your friends. Um, tell them to go watch it uh, and check it out. But thanks again, Sandeep. Um, Jason, why don't you tell the folks where they can find all the cool stuff you're working on? Because I know you're you're cooking. You're cooking with gas these days, aren't cooking you? Cooking with gas. Yeah, I'm trying to kind of like put push my foot down a little bit harder on the on the gas pedal. So um yeah, I have some announcements actually coming up probably next week. So if you go to freejasonnewsletter.com, that is free as in you don't have to pay for it, not free as in I'm trapped, let me out. Um although both if you know either way if you type it it's the same. Um 
then you can subscribe to my newsletter, which will allow you to kind of follow along with my journey as I create a career right in front of your very eyes. Oh, you don't create a career. You you <laughs> expand a career in front of our very eyes, Jason. I suppose. Well, your I career I, is I very established, right. sir. <laughs> I suppose you're right. Uh, create a new job. I don't know what I'm creating. I'm creating something, though, Ron. You can't argue something. with that. That's good. Yeah. So, yeah. So I've got an announcement that I'll uh, be kind of unveiling next week, and I think you're going to like it. So look for that, freejasonnewsletter.com, patreon.com slash Jason Howell if you really want to support me in a financial sense. Um, and, yeah, thank you. I love doing this show with you all. It's great to be back. Awesome. Yay. All right, Wynn, where can folks find you? Uh, you can find me on my web- website, randomlytyping.com. I am an Android dev, and I just started a new contract position this week. So I am now Android developing uh, again. Uh, nice. So that's been fun. I'm very, very busy starting a new gig. Uh, Android things. Um, but yeah, normally I do talk about my Android development stuff, and you can find all my talks and associated code and video on my website. And if you want to find me on the interwebs, I am at Queen Code Monkey. I technically am on Twix, but really, if you want to find me doing anything vaguely active, find me on Instagram. Uh, and sometimes at Queen Code Monkey, at Mastodon, that social. Alrighty. So long. Um, and of course you can find me over anywhere on the internet I'm not going to go through it all but at RonXO on all the various social networks and things like that Uh, go follow me it's a good time Um, what a good time this show has been I love doing the show with you guys I missed Mm -hmm. it this is awesome my first show of 2024 very excited to be doing it Um, reminder that you can subscribe to the show you go to androidfaithful.com where you can find all the links and everything uh, all the various platforms and things like that to subscribe to it Um, and of course support us over at patreon.com slash androidfaithful we appreciate your support everybody who's chipped in you guys are the best we love you so much Um, this podcast publishes every Tuesday evening um, and as mentioned you can subscribe over at androidfaithful.com email us at contact at androidfaithful.com and excited for next week Michelle will be back we'll be talking more CES stuff Um, Um, But until then, uh, it's just a fun party time here at Android Faithful because we are the Android Faithful. Super faithful to Android (laughs) and lots of other things, but mainly Android. (laughs) That's why we didn't call it faithful to everything. (laughs) 